Sheila Zielinski Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, Sheila Zielinski. Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining me today, this Monday, June 13th edition of the Sheila Zielinski Show. I broadcast Monday to Friday. That's weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Hey, and to find out more ways to listen, including the podcast and our new customized app, which, by the way, I'm getting some great feedback on, that's the Weekend Vigilante app for smart devices, go to the Listen tab on the menu at WeekendVigilante.com, downloading the podcast for those on the go, walking, jogging, driving, I always say maybe not swimming, (laughs) But yeah, you can take my show along with you. And if you have not already done so, please do like me on social media. I have not had a lot of time to develop that, nor really promote it or market any of my social media, which is something that I'm really focusing on now. So please do like me on social media and especially sign up for my YouTube channel because a lot of times a show will go there that doesn't even go to the podcast. So please do make sure that you do do that. As well, make sure you sign up for my free e-newsletter. It comes out the 15th of every month, and June 15th is coming out really shortly. Well, on a not-so-good note, as most of you are aware, we had a very tragic situation play out over the weekend in Orlando, Florida, and I'm going to have a special guest on tomorrow to talk about this situation in Orlando, So I'm going to get into all that tomorrow on the program and break everything down, as well as give you some insight that I think is being not looked at. Well, my guest today, I'll tell you what, him and I go way back. He was one of the very first guests on my original show. That was a long time ago now. I am celebrating my sixth anniversary this July 5th. Six years I've been on this show. It seems a lot longer than that. It seems like I've been doing this for 20 years. (laughs) I was late coming out of the gate, but let me tell you, I'm I'm trying to make up for it in the back stretch. So I'm really excited to have on my guest today to talk about Illuminati infiltration in today's church. He is the highly acclaimed author, researcher, and prolific writer. He is an expert on the Illuminati. He's written incredible books on the Illuminati, including one of my favorites that I have entitled Bloodlines of the Illuminati. It is over 600 pages of incredible information. This is stuff other people just haven't even touched. Fritz is a West Point attendee, and he truly is one of the progenitors of exposing this Luciferian kingpin squad 
the New World Order and these secret societies. It is so good to have him back on the program. Fritz Springmeyer, welcome back to the show. It is a pleasure to have you back on. Well, thank you, Sheila. Great to be back. We're having a beautiful day here in Oregon. I hope that you're also having a beautiful day. Thanks, Fritz. Well, other than the chemtrails, it's pretty nice. (laughs) (laughs) We got those two. Well, speaking, Fritz, of evil, where I want to start off with here is, I mean, of course, everyone's heard the term Illuminati. For some of the new listeners that don't really have as much familiarity or get really what is the Illuminati, what the Illuminati is, just give those people a real run through because it's not just generational satanic families. We talk about these bloodlines going, you know, all the way back to antiquity, Mesopotamia, ancient Babylon, you know, ancient Egypt, ancient Greece. People say, well, when did the Illuminati take over? But They never really did take over. Get into that, Fritz. Yes, they're the ones that built our system. If you look at all of the different uh, systems that we have, you know, you've got your political system, which is the state which produces order, and you have the healthcare system. And then for values or to learn, you've got your educational system, your your media, which is controlled by corporations, but very tightly controlled by a few people at the top, as well as the intelligence agencies like MI6, CIA, and so forth, play a big role in our mass media. They have built these systems, and if one goes in and does a study of who are the string pullers, who are the decision makers, like in a nation like the United States, there's only a small group of real decision makers, 7,000. And these people know each other. They're related to each other. They're in the same uh, fraternal organizations. uh, And ultimately, they all tie back to the mother of secret societies, the Illuminati, which another way of describing it for those who are Christians they will understand this basically is Satan's organization to control the world. Absolutely. I love what you said one time in my show. You said Freemasonry is like the glove to the hand of Illuminati. I thought that was a really good analogy. Now, Freemasons that connect back into the Illuminati, they sort of created these organizations like Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, other ecumenical movements, this whole interfaith thing, which we're going to get into. Because, you know, it's funny, it's not like, when did the Illuminati subvert the Mormons or the J-dubs? The reality is they created these organizations, didn't they? Yes, exactly. That's a wonderful question. You see, both uh, of the men that created Mormonism and the Jehovah's Witnesses, both were Freemasons of Illuminati bloodlines. Joseph Smith Jr., he was of the Merovingian Holy 13th Illuminati bloodline, and Charles Taze Russell was of the Russell Illuminati bloodline, and they both claimed that they were going to restore Christianity. So how are they going to restore Christianity? By rejecting all the traditional Christian beliefs and, and things, and then replace it with something new. So they threw out the traditional Bible, they threw out the traditional way to God, threw out the traditional view of God and Christ. So now, even today, as we come forward, 
you know, both of those were in the 19th century. As we come forward in time, the key people in those organizations continue to be Illuminati Satanists. And I have spoken to people that were up near the top. There were, uh, I spoke with a lady that was a Bethelite. That's the headquarters of the Jehovah's Witnesses, which is in Brooklyn, New York. And she described going to the Bahamas to do Illuminati satanic rituals. And in my book, Be Wise a Serpent, I have a little document in there by Glenn Pace, who was a high-ranking Mormon, describing how in the upper levels of Mormonism, they're satanic covens. So, we look at these organizations, and it's more than the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons, but a lot of the Christian organizations were created by the Illuminati and the Freemasons. Going back to something you were talking about, which was how they're wanting to bring in all this ecumenical movement, have one sloppy, gooey religion. If we go back in time, about the turn of the where, where the 19th the switch to the 20th century, you'll see J.P. Morgan. And J.P. Morgan, I had his initiation date into the Illuminati off the top of my head. I can't remember it exactly, but we're like talking about 1890 or something. After he was initiated into the Illuminati, he came out with a program. He created a trust fund to unify all the Christians. Now, our, our popular belief of the Jehovah's Witnesses is like they have nothing to do with any other organizations, but that's not true. Charles Taze Russell, as he went around the world and as he wrote his Watchtower magazine, you can read in the 1911 Watchtower magazine where he's praising what J.P. Morgan is doing. He's saying, yes, this is great. We should unify all the Christian denominations. <laughs> so, <laughs> and... Uh, so you see these tie-ins here. In fact, I was going through a, a United Nations reference book uh, downtown library here in Portland, a big, thick reference book, the kind that nobody like, except researchers like me stick their noses in. And I, I was looking at a list of, this was what the United Nations, an official book, and it was listing organizations. It said Watchtower Society. I was like, Whoa, Watchtower <laughs> Society is, is a United Nations organization? Blew me away. So there's a lot going on here behind the scenes. We get these fronts, these pictures. The LDS present themselves one way. The Watchtower Society presents themselves one way. But uh, as you know, I've been doing a lot of work with trauma-based, mind-controlled survivors and a lot of them are coming out of the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witnesses. A lot of children are being sexually molested in both organizations, which ties back into the trauma-based mind control. And both organizations are covering it up. The Watchtower Society has been taken to task legally for a lot of people within the organization being sexually molested by people. In fact, when I was investigating, because I, I have attended both Kingdom Halls and Mormon churches. I investigated both from the inside, got to know their people, got to know how they think, read their literature, 
when I was doing the investigator class with the Mormons in the Mormon church, the man who was teaching it was arrested for child molestation. So, you know, I know a lot of this stuff, not only as a researcher, but I've rubbed shoulders with it and seen it firsthand and met a lot of the people that have been hurt by these organizations and know firsthand from from working with Illuminati kingpins that their goal is to unify all the religions and bring it into a one-world religion, which when you read Alice Bailey, Alice Bailey in her book, Externalization of the Hierarchy, I mean, she gives the blueprint right there, Sheila. Oh, yeah. She's, she's real clear. She says, you know, on the spiritual level, Sanat, which is scrambling of Satan, is going to rule. On, the, on this earthly level, it's going to be Lucifer. Lucifer, exactly. And that's also echoed in Morals and Dogma by Albert Pike, his good old 861-page volume of lecture on the esoteric roots of Freemasonry, well, specifically the 32nd Scottish Rite. And that book was given to every Mason completing the 14th degree, so it said. And then, you, of course, you've got good old Helena Blavatsky, the occultist spirit medium who co-founded the Theosophical Society in 1875. I cover that in my book. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. It's, there's no doubt that it's, it's Lucifer. And what's really interesting, I think this is good for people to know that are listening, if they don't know this, is you were a missionary trying to minister to the Mormon and the Jehovah Witnesses. And I remember when you were at Bethel Library, you were pretty stunned when you were doing your research for your book, Be Wise as Serpents. Now, let me ask you this question, Fritz. What was the most shocking discovery as you were researching that book? Wow. You know, uh, when I was a missionary to, to bring Jehovah's Witnesses to Christ, my boss, John, bought a copy of the Be Wise as Serpents book. And then like a month later, he, I was in his living room and he said, Fritz, I can only read this book five pages at a time because it's, it's just <laughs> full of emotional bombshells, you know? It is. It's just like what uh, really startled me, Sheila, was I got into researching, reading extensively what the Watchtower Society had put out. And I think maybe what shocked me the most, because when you go out and you, you're talking to Jehovah's Witnesses, they will pull out these books that they have. It's changed from year to year, but, but the pictures are pretty much the same. They'll have this picture of supposedly a paradise where you see this lamb and, and the little girl and people with uh, different cultural costumes on. And it's, it's a nice, beautiful day like it is today. And this is their picture of God's new earth, you know. And it, it's all idyllic, you know, it's a utopia. But then when you actually go in and read what the Watchtower Society says about this new world, that's very shocking. And I accumulated that into a chapter in the Be Wise the Serpent book called The Watchtower's Mind Kampf, because I was actually I was shocked. In this one, one place in, in the Watchtower, uh, Watchtower material, it said that the occult is going to rule the new world. What? The occult? 
I thought I thought we were Christians. The occult's going to do this? And then in another place, they said that uh, there's going to be these squads go around and make sure of mind control that anyone who's not thinking right will be eliminated. They talked about how many people would be wiped out, that there would just be, it was, it was like worse than a Stalinist Russia when you put it all together, you know. I mean, all these dead people and, and oh, one thing that relates to what I was uh, recently writing about, I recently wrote an article on transgenderism. And I wrote, when I was in college back in 1986, I wrote a 19-page paper where I did extensive research on transsexualism, which is now called transgenderism, which it wasn't uh, the big political issue that it is now in our day now. But what was interesting is in the Watchtower material, they said that once the Earth has enough people for, the, for this new world order, this new order, that reproductive powers of the people would be taken away and everybody would be unsexed and the government would control reproduction. Wow. I mean, when you read, actually, if you, if you take the different parts, it's not all together. It's in this watchtower. It's in this book. It's in that. But when you assemble all the little parts, you like get something that sounds like it was written by the Illuminati. You know, I mean, it's like, whoa. In one of their, their books, they say that you have to take a mark on your forehead if you're going to survive into this new world. What? And they actually show a picture of this guy getting a mark on his forehead. Wow. <laughs> it's like, whoa. <laughs> and, and, and then in another place, they go, there's not going to be any tears allowed to be shed for any pain. What? I, I mean, this is like mind control like you never could believe. You're going to have to submit to the, in their paradise. If, if all of the Jehovah's Witnesses could read what their own society, what I assembled from their own society, I mean, they compared the new world order, their new world, to the French Revolution, Sheila. French Revolution? Does anybody here, is anybody awake re thinking as they read this? It, this new world is going to be like the French Revolution? That's where people's heads were being guillotined. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so that was shocking. I was like, oh, my. I, I can't believe this. And it's right there. But all these Jehovah's Witnesses are, who are under this low-grade mind control, that uh, they're, they're subservient to their theocratic organization. It's, it's like the wheels aren't turning upstairs. It's like the elevator's not going to the top. They read this stuff, and it doesn't. They don't put the pieces together and it doesn't click. I mean, French Revolution, that was in one of their more recent, that was an awake in 1989 that they came out with that. So that's fairly recent. I mean, for me it is. I mean, a lot of people that are youngsters, that, that was maybe be before they were born. But are people thinking? Really? Well, well, no, they're not. And that's what's really frightening about the amalgamation of all these religions too. this intertwining, you know, we got Pope Francis running around out there trying to, he's sort of the poster boy for this 
amalgamation. What's really frightening is this July, there's this big conference of it's frightening the Pope and Hillsong and there, you know, there's this big movement called Together 2016. It's known as the Reset Movement. And it's supposed to be in Washington, D.C. this July, bringing together all these religions in an effort to erase the lines, Fritz, of doctrinal divisions. And it says right on their website, they're uniting pastors, Christian leaders from all denominations, backgrounds to join in their one million people in hopes of inspiring true revival in America. And this so-called revival is bringing Assemblies of God, the Southern Baptists, the Pentecostal Charismatic Heads, the Grace Communion International. You've got, you know, Hillsong, Carrie Job, Francis Chan, Ravi Zacharias, Jeremy Camp, all these real loosey-goosey, loosely knit, unaffiliated network of leaders who supposedly share a common vision. But in reality, I don't think the Holy Ghost shares a vision. I don't know what spirit's behind this, but, right. you know, you've got this, you know, from supernatural signs and wonders, you have dominionism, you had that latter rain movement, Joel's army, the seven mountain mandate, third wave revivalism, IHOP, you've got Bill Johnson. Since Bethel Church, the Hillsong. I mean, it's all part of this shape shifting movement, gobbling up churches mm-hmm. and deceiving millions, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And going back to tying this into what I, I just mentioned there was, you know, Morgan set up this trust fund, this Illuminati kingpin. I mean, it's no surprise if anybody knows who Morgan is, JP Morgan. And in fact, the bank's named after him, you know. He set up this trust fund to unify the churches. Well, out of that trust fund came the Federal Council of Churches. So in my Be Wise as Serpents book, I like him documenting how all these leaders of the Federal Council uh, of Churches were Freemasons. From that, you, they, they dropped off the, the, they changed it to the National Council of Churches. Notice that Christ is not involved in the name. Uh, so then I listed all these people that were, some of them Illuminati, some of them Freemasons that were involved, you know, like John Foster Dulles was involved with both the Federal Council of Churches and the, Wor- and the World Council of Churches, the National Council of Churches. So they, they evolved this thing up to, in during World War II, they started creating the National Council of Churches. And again, it was a bunch of Freemasons that were involved in this, inclu- including people like, you know, J. Edgar Hoover and like I say, John Foster Doulis, whose brother was running the CIA. And so you, you start seeing them participate with where they were sending money in to Africa to fund communism, which interestingly, you know, in the older Watchtower societies, because Charles Taze Russell's wife was a socialist and, and her father was a, a, also a Freemason, and she helped write a lot of the Watchtower articles, you'll see that they say that communist socialists are going to help God bring in the new world, this utopia. Well, that, that's weird. Um, so definitely in along the, that lines, you see the World Council of Churches, which also ties into Freemasonry because Freemasons have been involved behind a lot. So have the intelligence agencies, which are basically cults. All of these are, like you were saying, gloves of that invisible hand. 
So the intelligence organizations, Freemasonry, some of these other fraternal organizations like the Jesuits, they're all gloves to this invisible hand reaching out, creating all this revolutionary chaos. And uh, we still have that going on today. So you have ISIS being created by, by MI6, CIAs, you know. And then, of course, ISIS got into the news where they had this guy go into this gay bar there with this humongous body count. And I'm wondering, you know, when the guy came, comes into this gay bar, you know, they always pat you down. So what did they do? Just look at his his assault rifle and say, oh, well, you know, let this guy in. It doesn't matter or what? I mean, how do you walk into a bar with an assault rifle? I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of questions around that whole scenario that I'm going to get into tomorrow that really are very suspicious, especially when you look at his background. But yeah, you brought up a really good point in terms of ISIS being made, which really ties into organizations being created for these devilish purposes, right back to what we're talking with, with the ecumenical movement, the interfaith movement, which, by the way, Billy Graham's been a strong proponent of who I learned from you was a 33rd degree Mason. You know, here's this beloved TV evangelist leading thousands to Jesus Christ. He really became the sort of leading advocate for ecumenism. But what was really interesting is he's also been very active in the Catholic Church. Now, what's frightening is you've got Pope Francis, you know, running around out there, Christians and Muslims are brothers and sisters and urges dialogue with Islam. He was signaling a new course for the papacy. We got to get with the times, be hip, be cool. Hey, atheists, you're all good to go. Just do what you think's right. He compares Jesus' great commission to ISIS a few weeks back. Pope Francis said recently, it's important to intensify dialogue among religions, whether it's any of these, the Catholic Church, the Knights Templar, the Jesuits, the Knights of Columbus, it's pretty clear the Pope is getting his marching orders from the Illuminati, isn't he? Oh, yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what they do. In fact, I know exactly the medium that they use it. The United Grand Lodge there in London is where they funnel their instructions. Those The instructions are then sent out to the heads of like the chief rabbi there in Jerusalem and the Grand Mufti in Egypt and Billy Graham and then the Pope. They all get direct orders from this United Grand Lodge. You know, a lot of people think that the Catholic Church is, that's where everything's coming. You know, they see the Catholic Church under every rock. Well, that dialectic was created by Adventism, and that's one of the things I exposed in the Be Wise of Serpents book, is the Adventist movement got started by William Miller, who was a high-ranking Freemason, and Charles Taze Russell came out of the Adventist movement. So you had a lot of Masons in the Adventist movement, Illuminati people in the Adventist movement, and they created this dialectic that the Catholic Church is evil and Freemasons are good. So the second person in charge of the Watchtower Society, because see, uh, Charles Taze Russell was the first president, but the second one, he was called Judge Rutherford. He and Charles Taze Russell were, uh, Joseph Rutherford 
made all the decisions for the Watchtower Society for 60 years. And during Joseph Rutherford's reign as dictator, they were very buddy-buddy secretly with the Freemasons. They, they uh, oftentimes, when they would set up a new congregation of Jehovah's Witnesses, they would use the local Masonic Lodge, the Masonic Hall, for their meetings. In fact, they were still doing, they were still meeting in Masonic halls in some places in the world, even when I started writing my books in the 1990s. But they had this thing, oh, the Catholic Church is evil, but Freemasons are okay. This is that false dialectic that the Adventists have made. Unfortunately, Sheila, as you are bringing out here, this, as you say, this kumbaya, love all the false doctrine thing, you know, that Billy Graham and all the rest of these ecumenicalists are doing, evil isn't just in the Catholic Church. It's spread out all over. I mean, there's enough to go around to everywhere. And so these organized Christian groups, how many groups did not join of the Christian denominations, the World Council of Churches. Practically no one. When Billy Graham comes to an area, all the churches are just eager to give him thousands of dollars, you know, and, and participate with his crusades. So you don't see Protestantism, you don't see Catholicism really standing up to this ecumenicalism that you're talking about. Now, why is this important? And, and, and I'm going to interrupt my train of thought here to to explain that because uh, you know Sheila a lot of people are, are going to be listening to this and they're going to think well you know Sheila you know Fritz in this day and age when there's not very many Christians left which isn't quite true but anyway it seems like we're under siege and we need all of the help you know and we need to hang together so we need to be buddy buddies with the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons and the Episcopalians that are marrying gays and we need to stand together because look at this overwhelming evil if we don't buddy buddies up they don't understand Christ and that's what this whole thing that I'm talking about is about Christ what did Christ teach what did Christ symbolize and what do these organizations symbolize? They're really antichrists. You agree with me, Sheila? Absolutely, thousand yes. percent. <laughs> yeah, they produce false Christ. It's just like you were talking about the charismatics, you know. A lot of those charismatics, they got some weird ideas about who Christ is, who God is. You know, some of them even were going to be gods. Well, that's Mormonism right there, you know. We're all going to become a god, have our own planet. Take as many wives as you can because you're going to need them in this when you're a god and ruling your own planet. You're going to go to the celestial kingdom. You're going to get my god. Just don't drink coffee. <laughs> or don't forget your magic underwear. Yes, exactly. Magic underwear that's got Masonic symbols on it. But uh, it's not what Christ was about. All of these different religions, they think that man can reach God. They're all about man reaching God. But what Christ was about, and this is what he was talking about in John 3, 
to this Nicodemus, a Pharisee, who said, you're a rabbi, you know, we're a rabbi, we know that you're a rabbi come from God. In other words, we know you're a teacher come from God. He, but he had to come at night because he was afraid, you know, that the rest of the, the religious hierarchy would persecute him. So he came at night in secret. But Christ says, we need a bridge between God and man. Man can't reach God because of our sin. And so he, he told the story about the snakes biting the, the sinful Israelites and how God gave them on a towel, which the word towel there in Greek means a cross-shaped object with a bronze serpent. And out of obedience, the people were to look to that snake on the cross. And then the scriptures say that Christ was like that snake on the cross. He was God's remedy so that we would have some way to for God to come down and meet us. God chooses us. We don't choose God. But he can't he can't choose us because we're ugly in our sin. So Christ's teachings are the only teachings. They're different from all these other religions in that you can't earn your salvation. And that's where you look at like the Jehovah's Witnesses. They got four things. You take in knowledge, taking in knowledge, you're really into Gnosticism. And then obey God's laws, associate, in other words, be a member, you know, join the Jehovah's Witnesses, be associated with the Watchtower Societies, the third thing, and be loyal. In other words, be an obedient, mind-controlled servant, you know. <laughs> and uh, those four things, but none of them have to do with Christ. And both of these organizations, the Mormon Jehovah's Witnesses, they've stolen. The Mormons actually use uh, King James Version, but then they add on all these other supposed scriptures that they claim that they have, so they dilute the power of Christ's teaching. So Christ taught us, which I know you know so well, Sheila, that we're to love our enemies, we're to forgive those who do something wrong against us. This loving and forgiveness, this is something that you don't see in these religions. It's being lost in in, in these mainstream denominations, too. It's why I quit West Point, was the problem that I saw was, is Christians weren't taking Christ's teachings about loving our enemies seriously. You had Lutherans going to war against Lutherans, Baptists killing Baptists. I mean, come on, is our, isn't our brotherhood stronger than going to war for these false pretexts that the Illuminati set up and create? Our service to, to Christ should be stronger and there were things that the Mormons did early on. The Mormons and the Jehovah's Witnesses both had this persecution complex that, oh, we're, we're persecuted, the whole world's persecuted us. And in early Mormon history, there was a lot of persecution. But go back and look at why. It's because they were running counterfeit rings. Their Danites, which was an assassination squad, were going around assassinating people they didn't like. Uh, you know, they, they were doing all kinds of stuff that just ticked everybody off, including up to the Mountain Meadows Massacre. We, we, just had, we just had this massacre in this gay bar, but people have forgotten what the Mountain Meadows Massacre by the Mormon Church, which we know now they found documentation in 1999 
that conclusively linked it back to Brigham Young, which everybody's everybody with any common sense knew that he had ordered this. But what happened was in 1857, it was the largest, most wealthiest, well-planned out wagon train of immigrants that were going to California. And when it came through Utah, the Mormon militia surrounded it at an ambush site and they put it under siege for, for five days. And then under a flag of truce, they lied to the, the immigrants that they would give them free passage. And as soon as the immigrants gave up their weapons, they took all the men and women and children, separated them, and killed them. There were 17 little children that were infants, ages 1 to 6. Well, the count varies because all of these children weren't recovered, and some of them were killed later in the families that adopted them. So there might have been maybe up to 20 or 30. Uh, 17 may not have been. That was what was later recovered. But the older of these, the, the five, six-year-olds, they remembered how the Mormon militia came in and shot their parents right in front of them. So they didn't forget that, even though they had to keep quiet about it until several years later when the, the federal government managed to track them down and, and free them from the, the Mormon. But the Mormon militia brutally, I mean, this is, this is no different than ISIS. What we see on ISIS beheading people and just raping, the Mormon militia took some of the girls and raped them before they, they chopped their heads off and just brutal stuff like this when they massacred these innocent. They were just innocent. They hadn't done anything. They were just traveling through Utah. And then they, they, they ripped them off. I mean, this was an incredibly wealthy wagon train with a lot of gold and stuff. They gave most of the stuff to the church. Um, although some of the individual militia, you know, they took some of the, the loot for themselves. But this attitude, this kind of a mentality, an ISIS mentality, you know, if, if I told people that there were Satanists running ISIS and that the intelligence agencies uh, helped create them, I mean, nobody's surprised. Well, likewise, it's the same thing with, with these organizations. You know, they, they interlock with the Illuminati, with the intelligence agencies, and they're busy carrying out the satanic rituals. And um, there's things that happen publicly that should wake people up, you know, just like this, this Mountain Meadow ma massacre. And it was the most, it was the most brutal, largest massacre of innocent Americans until the Oklahoma City bombing. And now this thing in, in Florida, if it isn't a false flag, is even bigger. Well, regrettably, the church certainly wouldn't know anything about false flags because they're in, as I always say, this cotton candy sugar-coated coma. They're not just spiritually anemic, but they certainly aren't awake as to what's really being orchestrated here it's mind-numbing. And when you see the list of high-level Freemasons and their positions of power and influence in apostate Christianity, the speed and extent of the apostasy is, I guess it's understandable. Almost all Christian TV and radio personalities have taken the Luciferian initiations of high-level yeah. Freemasonry. And these are pretty prominent names, Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagin, 
Paul Aura? Crouch, of course, Oral Roberts, Benny Hinn, the list goes on. There's so many others. And then, of course, now, I don't know if you saw this, it's frightening what's come out about TBN just as Jan Crouch has passed away recently. It's been said that they have 13 mansions and apparently defrauded tens of millions of dollars from, this is the world's largest Christian television channel, TBN, Trinity Broadcasting Network. Yeah. They're being accused of squandering $50 million. I mean, that is so extravagant. And that's really the order of the day for these lascivious lifestyles of these tele-evangelifish. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And this, it follows the same pattern of the people that we've, that I just got through mentioning. Charles Taze Russell got filthy rich. I document that in the Be Wise of Serpents, and I document where he was getting his financing through it. It was coming through these Illuminati Jews through the Masonic lodges to finance him. Just he had basically a blank check. And then Brigham Young, Brigham Young bragged that he was making a million dollars within a I can't remember what it was, a million dollars a year or something like that. Back then when when people didn't have a whole lot of money. Yes, exactly. That's what they're doing. This is exactly what why I, I'm I'm concerned about this is they're taking Christ and they're making money off of them. They're taking religion and using it to control people and it's it's the exact opposite of what Christ was all about. And it, it just makes a person want to puke. There's a way, okay, this may sound like I'm digressing a little bit, but if you look at the Communist Party in Russia or China, you know, supposedly communism believes in equality. But if you start looking at the, the communist hierarchy, you'll see that they're filthy rich. They have doshas. They have, they have their own private cars, their own chauffeurs and stuff. But it's all hidden. You know, it's like, oh, well, we're like one with the people. No, no. The communist elite in China are filthy rich, so disgustingly rich that the Chinese people are disgusted with them, but they can't overthrow them because they have the, the guns, you know, the power. But this is what they're doing. They're they're pretending like, okay, we're we're a brotherhood. We're all equal, you know. Mormonism worked off of socialism. Mormonism was one of the so first social socialist experiments. And like I say, it was it was run by the Illuminati from the start. And they would have all of their members pool all of their belongings. And then the church warehouses would dispense to people. And it worked really well. I mean, you know, that uh, considering that they came into Utah which was just a desert, and they built Utah up, you know, Salt Lake City and, and many, many other towns, and, and they really created something out of nothing from hard work. So their socialism was working, but that didn't prevent their leaders from getting filthy rich, just like Charles Taze Russell did behind the scenes, and that was all covered up. I mean, his followers, which were called Bible students back then, international Bible students, they weren't called Jehovah's Witnesses to 1931, but uh, they had no idea the wealth of this man that he he got. And then the same thing is happening, but it's right out there in front of us. I mean, Paul Crouch, I, I mean, these people don't even try to hide that they're flying around 
and planes and, and rich going around in rich cars. It's disgusting. I mean, Sheila, you know what I'm saying. Well, you know, almost the entire word faith, this name it and claim it apostate gospel of prosperity is the product of Luciferian Freemasons. Jesus is the only God who's not welcome in the lodge. Jesus told us that in the last days, many would come in his name saying Jesus is Lord and shall deceive many. The true God is excluded from Freemasonry. Do you see people why the ecumenical movements are so enthusiastically supported by the Freemasons? Because truthfully, Fritz, the word used in the authorized scriptures is apostasia, literally the great falling away from the truth. And that, the great apostasy isn't coming. It's here, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, Wow, there's several things I could say here. One thing is, is I want to confirm, like Robert Schuller, 33rd degree Freemason, and I got it from somebody of him going to uh, this place in Kansas City where he absolutely knew that they were doing Luciferian initiations, and he's not standing against it. You know what I'm saying? So these people, they're reprobate. They're so lost that they don't have any sense of, it's. it doesn't bother their conscience what they're doing at, at all. And the, what's the first thing that you do in the first degree? Well, there's several things in the first degree. First, you to become a Freemason, you ask to be initiated into the mysteries, and all of the good Masonic books will tell you what are the mysteries you're being initiated into, the mystery religions. And then the next thing you do is you take on penalty of a gruesome oath that you'll ever conceal the re- the secrets of Freemasonry, which means lying. And then also in the first degree, you, they ask you this question, in your present condition, what do you desire most? And the proper answer, and you can see this in Duncan's ritual book, light. So when you go and you read Charles Taze Russell and you were asking, what did I see when I was studying? Well, when I was reading his writings, I kept coming upon him saying, light, 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 light is important. Well, these other people listen to him and you'll hear their buzzwords. They'll say some of these buzzwords and and that will be a tip off. Some of these people like Robert Schuller, uh, Norman Vincent Peale, Listen to Norman Vincent Peale. He'll use the word light. These people will slip in these buzzwords, and you'll see, you'll see what they're all about. They leave little clues what they're all about, um, besides saying some weird things about Christ. Well, and, and what's frightening is I was reading recently, they say, and this is in the Scottish Rite, they actually state this in their own publications for it. They're saying it's as close to one out of every four adults in the United States comes under the influence of Freemasonry. That's frightening, isn't it? Yeah. And it's free. I don't want to harp just on Freemasonry because they're kind of being phased out. They've got so many. There's other things besides Freemasonry that are controlled by, like, like you were saying earlier, they built the system the the teachers organization what is it the nr um yeah the national education association that's what i was trying to say nea 
NRA was in, in the front of my mind. I was like, no, that's not right. That, that's because they're so often trying to take the guns. That's the National Rifle <laughs> Association. Yeah, I, you're right. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, yeah. They, they've really infiltrated from our education. I mean, you can see this in this transgender movement, too, because now they're training little children to embrace the most debaucherous things. That movement has just inundated us in our culture from men in women's bathrooms to people identifying as animals, people having relations with animals. One guy wants to put forth a case on marrying an animal. I was stunned just last week when it turns out good old Canada, just last week, a Supreme Court clarifies Canada's bestiality law within their ruling. Uh, I mean, the lunacy, the, the madness has reached epic proportions. I said last year on a show to Pastor Mike Hoggart, I said, I'm going to start the Gamora Gazette, but it is frightening, isn't it? <laughs> it, it is. And when United States and Canada have so many vital, important issues, and when your Supreme Court decides that the issue that they want to look at is this pedophile who would smear stuff on his daughter's genitalia so that dogs would so we could film dogs yeah. um, with their schedule. They think that that's what's important. It shows what's on their minds. And, and these are the kind of clues that people need to, to wake up to, you know, Hey, there's something here, you know, there's something wrong here. What should American politicians be focused on? They should be trying to save, save us with all of these big issues, but what's our government involved with? Okay. We want to give, transgenders their rights well you know what uh, sheila there's there's been transgenders or transsexualism here for centuries and now all of a sudden it becomes an issue now all of a sudden these poor people don't have rights there's an agenda here and people need to wake up there is an agenda what is that agenda and when I, when i started looking into it i realized it isn't a small issue. It's really actually a big issue because they're using these kind of issues to destroy our culture and to pigeonhole Christians for destruction. There's there's a whole lot more going on here than just some people think, oh, well, they just want to distract us from what's important. No, this transgender issue is a big issue. It's a dangerous issue. And it relates to things that both leaders in, in Mormonism and Jehovah's Witnesses, how Charles Taze Russell thought that the the people that would live in the new world, this this paradise, would be androgynous. Yeah, in other words, both male and female. Well, and you living in Oregon, did you see the court allowing that lady to change her sex from female to non-binary? That was only a few days ago, that ruling. Did you see that? Well, yes, we've got this judge that just made a ruling that you can be uh, a third category. You don't have to be male or female. You can be this androgynous third sex. Yeah, well, Genesis 5-2, he created them male and female. It doesn't say a third category there. And you can really see this as in a full-out affront to God. Gee, I wonder where this 
agendas coming from. Really, you can see the demonic subtleties in all this. And you really tie this in with very anti-human Hegelian dialect. Oh, yes. And, and you just mentioned something that's really key. Underneath all of this stuff, if you look at Charles Taze Russell and the Watchtower Society, they said that they were getting their stuff from fallen angels and from aliens. It, it's really bizarre that the stuff that they were getting, or, or sometimes they just refer to them as angels, you know, Joseph Smith Jr. and, and some of the others, um, were saying that they were getting stuff from angels. They don't call them fallen angels. But then when you see what they brought, you know that they were. I'm going to say something that maybe I've said it on your show before. I'm not sure, but it bears repeating. There was a guy here in Oregon, and he had a similar experience. This is in recent times. He had a similar experience to Joseph Smith, where an angel appeared and showed him golden plates. And then I actually had the paperwork where he wrote down the symbols that were on the golden plate. And then he was given a translation of it by the angel. And then he created this new age religion from it. Well, he went to, to your country. He went up in the, the Calgary area and created this new age commune. And then one day when this angel came to him, it shapeshifted into a reptile. Wow. And he had enough presence of mind to realize th this whole thing wasn't a good angel from God. It was a fallen angel, a demonic being. And he walked away from his religion. He just, he just, that's it. He just walked away instantly. So that was an example of someone getting all of this false doctrine from somewhere else besides human intelligence. And I'm, I'm really wondering if that isn't that there isn't a, a further layer behind a lot of this religious activity that you've been t describing and I've been talking about, that behind it is demonic fallen angel agenda that's non-human. Because yeah. this whole transgender thing, which is leading to, to some weird things in the future, is not a human agenda weirdness is off the scales, Fritz. Well, we're definitely going to have to have a part two of this because there's so much more to get into. And yet we're at the top of the hour. But it's interesting, you know, the Bible talks about the kings of the earth conspiring against the things of God. It seems like these megalomaniacs lust for power, you know, they're mocking God, yet we know God won't be mocked. We know Christendom, it's definitely been hijacked with this massive campaign to control the churches, which is why we have to be so discerning as believers. We have to be as wise as serpents. Well, that's a perfect segue. Fritz, give out the information for not only how people can order that book, and I highly recommend you have to read this book, folks. The book title is Be Wise as Serpents. I think that is such an important book. And of course, if people do not have your Bloodlines of the Illuminati book, two very important books, just are mind-blowing the contents of this stuff. Fritz, do give out your website for the listeners and how they can order these two incredible books and support your work. Well, thank you, Sheila. It's pintracks.com, P-E-N-T-R-A-C-K-S.com, pintracks.com. Make sure you get get to my name because they're trying to 
you know how they try to muddy the waters, even though I own that uh, name. They've been creating some other stuff that has similar names. Pentracks.com. There you have it, folks. Fritz, it's always a pleasure to have you stop by the program and lay out all this incredible information. Thank you for your time in coming on the program. And I do hope you come back and see us soon. And thank you for all the work you do. Thank you, Sheila. Okay, let's do another show together. 10-4. Folks, that was Fritz Springmeier. All his information is linked there on today's bio. And don't forget to add Fritz on Facebook. I've also linked that direct link there on the website as well. We have a fantastic lineup this week. Thursday is going to be a fantastic show. Dr. Tom Horn and Chris Putnam on their new book, Bookmark that show for sure. And don't forget tomorrow, I'm going to have a guest that's going to lay out what just happened in Orlando, Florida. So that's going to be a good show. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. Good night and God bless.